Hey, Ufense here. I believe that transport could create dignified work for youth, quite frankly, through good fit partnerships. You know, young people account for about 60% of the national unemployment rate. But instead of loitering our streets, an undocumented number of young people all over South Africa have taken to the transportation sector for a living. But more could be done. The transport sector could represent or absorb some of the unemployed and unengaged youth in meaningful ways. With the right programs, it could at least absorb 20% of the 3.3 million aged 15 to 24 who are not employed or engaged in education and training. Official statistics indicate that the transport sector currently holds 900,000 jobs, down from 995,000 last year. Whereas, when you actually look at some of the numbers that are available, the South African National Taxi Council estimates that they were employing about 600,000 people directly and indirectly in 2014. So that means if you scale that up to 2021, it might be a lot more. The South African Bus Operators Association estimated that they employed around 32,000 32, people, um, actually up to 34,200 people. And the indirect jobs that are involved there were nearly 171,000 jobs. So if, you, if we were going to add these two numbers together, what you're going to find is very quickly that the statistics that we have from Statistics South Africa probably don't represent the entire database that we have. But I don't want to talk about aviation. I don't want to talk about railways and other sectors. I want to focus on creating engaged work for young people based on what they're already doing at a neighborhood level. Let's talk about streets that work. In our neighborhoods, we see boys run newspaper stacks, buckets of juice, and biscuits between the dotted lines. Others bend their fingers to hang toys, sell phone accessories, fruits, vegetables, and other items at intersections. We see young and old women occupying parts of our roads to sell leather or tire ornaments, vases, piles of clothes, in addition to fresh food, fat cakes, and miracle juices. They roam and settle at taxi ranks, bus terminals, and train stations, selling breakfast packs, power banks, and airtime through the misty morning windows, still till the late afternoon shadows, changing stock as the market does too. Some treat the intersection retail market with rolling down windows or rolling them up, right? Others would open doors to catch the fresh oranges or unripe avocados you know and and it's very interesting that in public transport an early bus means little time to eat at home but an evening train means bringing sechebo home right on the way back 
that's changing with you know platforms like Swiggo and um, uh, Swiggy in India and and other types of you know you know online food delivery platforms that are really tailored for you know you know households that just want to have access to a meal but anyway the so-called informal food sector accounted for 360 billion rand in sales or somewhere between 40 and 50 percent of the market in 2019 these owner-operated retail spaces could provide as much as 70% of low-income households with something to eat. And that's critical for food security. You know, Mark wrote about it recently. And, you know, I'll put this on the show notes. Even with these contrasts, some homeless youth navigate between the criminal elements behind the wheel and guarding cars for coins and paper, washing taxis throughout the day and pushing trolleys between retail outlets, parking lots and public transport facilities. Others spend their day learning to fix engines in the scrapyards or in their neighborhoods with mentors, creating a dignified life instead of seeking for one. They are real lower-hanging fruits to streamline work opportunities that youth have already created. So these professions can take a young person through their teenage years into adulthood. I've seen it with my own eyes, and surely many of us have. Yet for some reason or another, such platforms for employment are yet to be absorbed into the mainstream and scaled up to a level that is self-sustaining for the youth involved at a national scale. Think of the car guards who are territorial and know who works where. You know, shopping complexes and city leaders could encourage a basic standard minimum, you know, five rand parking tip or even 10 rand. That's, uh, you know, it's almost what, a dollar, yeah, a dollar parking tip. So when you park, you are compelled to basically pay someone a dollar, you know, just for parking there. You know, what they do is they guard your car while it's parked there. Or, or are we going to be caught playing police over livelihoods by asking them if they are registered with the private security industry regulatory authority? So I heard this one, this one utterance on this one program where this one gentleman said, you know, so we open a criminal case against them and go with the police to arrest them because they don't have a valid registration. Like, what? No. Streamline the work because research shows that real incomes for car guardings, car guarding in South Africa are declining. But for some, it is above the hourly minimum wage for domestic workers. This is an... You cannot get formal employment specifically as a car guard. On a national scale, we don't even have a minimum wage for car guarding per se, right? That reflects the car guards who just pop up at parking lots or shopping centers. These they literally just pop up, right? But here we're having, you know, government officials having this conversation around how they should basic how these individuals should be arrested, right? And my view is that nah, doesn't make sense. Why don't you just streamline them? Or Let's think about the intersection retailers, right? These are people who basically sell food and other items at intersections. And usually, you know, we stop 
at a red light and they start selling. You know, they come into the roadway and they start selling. You know, intersection retailers could wear branded fluorescent shirts at a fixed monthly fee paid by the advertisers on the shirts. Why not offer entire outfits for the dancers and theater makers who encourage compliance with road rules when they take cue from the yellow light turning red to perform? It would be much easier to highlight how some cities in South Africa have gone from supporting retail or street retail to sweeping the street in violent and largely illegal ways. But giving birth to legitimate voices for these public spaces, you know, this is really a big thing for me. We've seen this in Durban, right, where there was a a, a period where the 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 mayor and the city in general was pushing for this clean street, you know, narrative. They were really pushing hard to get people off the street to stop selling on the streets, you know, and and and. It was a horrendous exercise, horrendous exercise, right? And in many ways it backfired, but it was really disturbing because some of these activities are just the only way that people can actually afford basic food, basic vegetables, basic food supply. And it's a fundamental source of food security. We see the same thing, similar, um, similar thing happened in Johannesburg, which is you know, in the show notes, right, where you've got this massive drive toward cleaning streets, getting in sort of sort of so-called informal traders off the streets, you know, and 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 making sure that the clean the streets are clean in inverted commas, and and it's really strange because you, how do we say that the streets are clean if we're taking away seventy percent? of South African source of food security. So I want to quote Chen and, and colleagues. I've got an interesting report at, um, on Wego. And, and, you know, they say, yet cities around the world which have the mandate to regulate public space do not typically recognize the need, much less the right, of urban informal workers to use public space to pursue their livelihoods. The COVID-19 pandemic highlights two things, the trade-off between lives and livelihoods. But the interesting bit is that we have been inside this trade-off for much longer than we think. These lower hanging fruits to provide sustainable incomes for trades, living on our streets, serving many and saving many more lives each day are fundamental opportunities. Cities and towns certainly need warm bodies who will actively engage and use their street skills to create inclusive spaces. That's a local government opportunity. These are also symptoms of a youth that is tired of looking for jobs and taking their talent and work ethic to our streets and creating good opportunities for themselves. While 73% of employment is informal work in urban areas in Africa, transport only accounts for 9% in South Africa. For the good opportunities, we need to create pathways to streamline these poorly understood professions 
into dignified, sustainable work without imposing and with a vision for potential avenues of growth. And, and so my assessment of this is that we, we almost need two parallel conversations. So the one conversation is where we have this massive scale drive towards really understanding what cities and towns street retail really looks like and how it actually works. On the other hand, you know, we need to take on a much stronger focus on streamlining, you know, these professions, but not streamlining in an imposing way, but streamlining in a receptive way where we we basically take the existing practices and present them, you know, within that structure, within that framework. And from there, we'll be able to package something very different. And I think local governments are really at the core of this. And I think, secondly, young people are essential for this because it's their ability to absorb new information, understand the world as it is, and and, and not walk around with, with, with the crust of age and time and experience that they, I think, would be best suited to really be able to look at the situation on the ground with clear young eyes and that's the acid base that that I am seeing with a lot of the not just the graduates but every single young person so but let's take it a step further there is an entire network of opportunities on the horizon in reality Young people in our streets and in the digital world are tapping into working scenarios where they access multiple opportunities for multiple sources of income. It's this level of decentralized fluidity to move between careers, sources of income and platforms to do so that is as quick as switching between social media platforms. We see this in the entertainment industry where an actor appears on multiple programs and secures secures endorsements of social media while being part of other projects like alcohol, shoes, cosmetic product lines, whatever. But I believe strongly in the impact of technology to empower young people in the transportation sector. But I also believe that there are many things technology cannot do. So let's look at ride hailing, food delivery, and social media retail. You know, we could talk about ed tech, we could talk about all the other, you know, dynamics or variations of the same, of these types of, you know, virtual products. But it is clear that the future of e-commerce in South Africa will be driven by youth. They can switch in some instances between multiple platforms, maximize their incomes, and choose their best ways, days, and times of working. This is something that traditional fixed-term employment might not be able to match or compete with in general. Our car guards washers, street retailers, trolley pushers, and street theater artists are put in a part of a decentralized gig economy, so to speak. There is no app to consolidate potential clients. There is only street wisdoms to move between professions throughout the day to maximize income. Which is why it is rather clear that we need to embrace avenues to channel work for youth in transport in a manner that can a. Streamline the existing services. B. Create opportunities for mainstream fixed employment work. And C. Embark on leveraging 
on the flexible opportunities young people already lean on today. Most importantly, creating dignified work opportunities for young people in the transport sector involves trade-offs between the short run and the long run costs of doing so. So we can we can definitely we can definitely push for a massive drive to have temporary work, massive scale investment, EPWP programs, whatever, right? Alternatively, we can focus on genuinely focusing on true work that's actually being done today and navigate and create ways to provide youth with platforms to monetize on these at an exponential rate. And we're already in that area. We're already in that era. We're already in that environment. So a future with public and private sector vis-a-vis technology and people. So for private services, dignity is not cheap. And financially stretched transport users tend to buy services based on affordability. In the public sector, dignified for youth in transport is packed in the form of low-skilled short-term employment, or it's tied to infrastructure projects. Whereas students and graduates could be channeled in mass to plug into transport planning initiatives, community building programs, safety and mobility, for instance, and stakeholder engagement initiatives within the transportation departments at local government level. These are not new ideas. They have just not been made mainstream. They've just not been made mainstream at all. They haven't even reached the headlines or they are treated in passing as special projects instead of as initiative templates worth spreading nationally, most of which could be co-financed by the private sector. So budgetary excuses won't be necessary. Then again, technology is rife with opportunities for dishonesty and it is a matter of managing and protecting the relationships and the transaction between everyone involved in a manner that is ethical, empowering, secure, fair, and well communicated. So even in the public sector, these efforts could easily become a bloated local government program with irregular appointments, poor management processes in place to drive and lead initiatives to deliver much needed skills to the stakeholders, you know, in the transportation sector. While technology can truly enhance youth employment and engagement in communities from a transportation perspective, there are transport policies that we need to question. So are these policies oriented toward, you know, enhancing broader business opportunities? So let's look at local, let's look at local government. Is local government agile enough to navigate and leverage on young people's active contributions to society, if not creating pathways for them to engage at an official level, not informally, or on an event-by-event basis? So those are the two questions that I think we really, really need to spend time trying to answer. Then another thing is, these are really difficult and ambitious deeds to do. But let's look at the Good Hood stories from the South African Cities Network. They showcase 34 projects for youth and with youth that are possible anywhere in the country. And they take time, trust, funding, and consistency. You know, I put the link there on the article. All you have to do, click on it, 
just look at what these good hood stories are about they are incredible initiatives and i'm sure there are many more look at opus streets cape town which was one of you know one of those programs one of those initiatives that have actually transformed streets you know in in in, in one of the articles they talk about how you know they create an environment where young children can sometimes for the first time play in their street without being worried of getting shot right but guess what there are also guidelines that tell us step by step how to do an open streets initiative in our neighborhood so what needs to happen what could you and i do although it may be difficult starting with small initiatives that focus on what i call good fit partnerships that can attempt to f- solve a transport problem or any issue really could help so a few of us one community organization let's say a taxi association someone in local government let's say a director or councilor and one business focused you know individual you know could work on an idea that would be the first of many starts thank you for listening and i hope you appreciated the content if you want more visit www.hlulani.com signing out h